Hello, everybody. It is Sunday, March 19th, and welcome to episode 86 of Buds and Blue Jays, your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burl, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, what's up, man? How are you? Like you said, beautiful Sunday afternoon here, nice and sunny out. Spring finally kind of showing its face around here, officially underway World Baseball Classic, spring training. Baseball is just everywhere this time of year, man. It is a great time to be a baseball fan and talk baseball. Absolutely. Today on our show, Riley, we are going to have a fun episode here today. We are deep into Blue Jays season preview mode, and this episode is going to be a fun one. We're going to get bold and spicy with some of our takes here, and we're going to go over our bold predictions for the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays season. Last year, Riley, we had some real fun predictions, including Matt Chapman having a monster power season, which didn't quite happen, but it was fun to talk about, or Nate Pearson setting hardest pitch records, which also didn't happen, but we did nail one bold prediction, Riley. We called a Whit Merrifield trade at the start of last season. So we didn't get shut out there. So I'm thinking one of our bold predictions that we make here today might actually come true. And I'm looking forward to that and see what it is. But if you guys are new here, guys, first of all, welcome to the channel. What took you guys so long? And, uh, we have one more episode before we get into our official season. That'll be our official Toronto Blue Jays season preview. So make sure you get ready for that one. And during the season, if you haven't been with us before, Riley and I like to do recaps after each series, talk about some of the players that have impressed us. What are the big storylines? We do updates on our players and the guys we are watching, injury updates. And we give our recaps after each and every series about twice a week. So guys, make sure you are subscribed to the channel so you can follow along with the Blue Jays season all season long. Hit that subscribe button. And if YouTube or your podcast streaming platform isn't enough, you can also follow Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, so you can be locked in with your Toronto Blue Jays just like us all season long. But Riley, with, with that being said, formalities out of the way. We got no time to waste, man. Let's get right into our bold prediction and take us away, Riley, with the first bold prediction for the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays. Man, like, don't let's not dip our feet in the water with this. Let's just cannonball right into, you know, what a hot take is with this Toronto Blue Jays team. And I'm just I'm just going to jump right into the water, dude. I my first bold prediction is that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to win the American League MVP in 2023. I mean, it's going to take a lot for this to happen. One of those things, Shohei Otani is not going to have the better offensive season or the best pitching season of his career for that to happen, really, with a two-way player like him in the league. But for this to happen, I mean, 48 home runs for Vlad. Let's repeat that from 2021. I mean, as far as the runs batted in, the batting average, everything like that. So far in spring, everything's looking good. I mean, he's taken his at-bats. His launch angle looks absolutely fantastic so far. Kind of gave us a scare. I guess I should have let in with, you know, I was worried that he was injured. I mean, his first game back, he kind of disproved that there was anything really wrong with him. Um, you know, still kind of watch that for the rest of spring, though, Vlad, I guess. But you want to talk about a guy who, before a game has even been played in the season, who has a chance to rack up hardware and to put up some crooked numbers. That's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I mean, this is why we got this guy in the first place. Like, he's an absolute superstar in the MLB. He's been a, a staple for the Blue Jays since he arrived on the Major League Club. And, I mean, to be honest, Jesse, last year, of course, it will buy, in, my, in my books, it's going to be an asterisk in his, in his, uh, on his player card for kind of his, his power numbers. I really think 
that it was just kind of a, a small step back, but I think we can look forward to something close to the 2021 stats um, as far as as far as the power goes. I mean, he was, let's be honest, he was still really good last year. He just wasn't his superstar self. And I think this year he's going to take a, you know, a big step forward as comparing to last year and, and hit around 45 to 50 home runs. For him to hit 50 would be excellent. I'm saying it's above 45. We're going to wow. look for a batting average at least 280. We're going to see an on-base percentage i mean of a you know 360 370 numbers with the walks he's gonna draw and as far as his defense go jesse thank you for you know doing your magic work on twitter led the uh, american <laughs> league in scoops for first baseman yes, and yeah. captured gold glove I mean, I mean you can't you can't really benefit a team a whole lot playing first base but when you can win a gold glove and play outstanding first base for a team it certainly makes it better yeah man i mean how else are you gonna start this off you want to talk to toronto blue jays you got to talk about vladimir guerrero jr first and yeah man i i mean let's be honest he's in stiff competition judge just had one of the best statistical years since barry bonds um as far as the bat goes and he captured the mvp easy um and then before that shohei had you had to compete with him and shohei was absolutely fantastic but i think this is vladdy's year for doing things and doing things right he's going to have a monster year with the batman and he's gonna he's gonna carry this team an awful long way man jesse thoughts i know i kind of just threw a lot at you man but this is this is we want to do hot takes you want to do a bold prediction it's not even in my books and a lot of jace fans it's not even too bold things just have to go right for vladdy i mean if any player on the toronto blue jays is going to do it it's probably going to be vladimir guerrero jr and look at the things we talked about all last year and all throughout the offseason we want to get vladdy back to that mvp level well what does he got to do riley one he's got to stay healthy and he's already back in the spring games he's running the base as well everything seems fine on that respect his defense and base running got a lot better last year and we always said increase the launch angle and i know it's a small sample size in spring but he's hit guys like david bednar who's an all-star for home runs drew rasmussen who's a good part of tampa's rotation he's already taken him deep he had a double off the wall in his first game back and the launch angle riley is over 15 degrees which was 9.1 in his uh mvp caliber season in 2021 so if that number is even higher this year vladdy could set monster records and i think he kind of nailed the head on the coffin there of what it's going to take for vladdy to win mvp he's going to have to have an aaron judge-esque season maybe not so much 60 home runs but he might have to get into the 50s range or so because shohei otani is still really good there are a lot of good players in the american league so to speak but yeah, if we're looking for hot takes to start the show, I really like that one. And I guess that'll kind of tail into mine, my first uh, hot take here, which is very similar to yours because it's about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as well. And it's one I said last year. It didn't happen, but I wanted to add on a little bit to it here. And that's one that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will set the record for the hardest hit baseball in the StatCast era this season. And um, I love this one, Riley, because Vlad has always been an exit velocity machine. We saw it through his whole minor league career, and he's been like top 3% in max exit velocity every single year he's come to the major leagues as well. So he can do it, Riley, and is still only 24 years old. He's just getting into better shape. He's filling out his body muscularly like... It's going to happen, Riley. The all-time record was set just last year by Pirate shortstop O'Neill Cruz, who hit a baseball 122.4. Vladdy's hardest he's ever hit is 118.9, so he does have to get some muscle in there and get it working. But I could see it. It could be a warm, humid night. Maybe we're down in Texas in like July or August, and all the pieces swing together. Vladdy gets a fast pitch, and he can just rope one. I can really see Vladdy doing it, especially if he's on a heater, especially if he's putting up an MVP-like season, that this can all come together for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. this year, and I can't wait to see it. 
I, I love that. Um, I love how you pulled that O'Neill Cruz there because um, I was I was watching that game and I would have not guessed. I knew he roped that ball. I think it went for a single into right field. I think Off it was hit so damn yeah. hard, Jesse. <laughs> they didn't have and right field. It was it was yeah. extraordinary. And then I and then they, of course they show everything like that. I can certainly see that for Vladdy. Um, and his, I think it's the same business. If he's going to hit up ball hard, it, it might be a lower launch angle. It could, he could rope one right over the wall. And like you said, right in Arlington or something like that, that would be fantastic. Riley, he could take it's the not far fetched, man. And O'Neill Cruz is a guy who's six foot. He's six, seven O'Neill Cruz. Yes. I mean, he's got him by almost a foot. He's guys huge. Like he could take the head off a third baseman by roping a line drive down there. Like you talk about the hot corner. If Vladdy's roping 122 mile power nukes at you, that could be even worse. So third baseman in the American League, beware, because Vladdy's coming on a mission this year, sending baseballs at you. Yeah. Uh, Vladdy is like, I mean, what what is what what can't he really do? Obviously, he's not gonna put put up 30 steals, Jesse, but a guy who's got the tools that he has, that amazing power he has is gonna rope a lot of baseballs. Let's swap sides of the ball here, Jesse. Yes. Okay, let's talk pitching for just a moment. Let's do it. Um, moving to my second bold take. Kind of an arbitrary thing to toss around, but I mean, Jesse, we had a guy two years ago finish. I mean, runner up in an MVP voting. I mean, that's pretty mm -hmm. good. But then let's let's take it back to next year, man. And we see Alec Manoa finishes third in Cy Young. Arguably, I mean, Cease had a good year, but who's going to have a better upside? I think Manoa. And I think this year it's going to be another matchup between those two. Now you throw DeGrom into the American yes. League now playing for the Texas Rangers. What kind of Jake DeGrom are we going to get? I mean... A lot, hey, a lot of speculation if his health is even 100% there. How That's many the innings is this guy yeah. going to throw? Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, at this point, it does matter. But I really think um, I'm going to jump right into my second one. And I think it's kind of a it's kind of 1A or 1B. I don't think of both of them happening. But there's a really good chance. I don't care what the numbers say to back it up on Alec Manoa. But I think this year he has a real good chance to win the American League Cy Young. And I know I'm not alone for that one. At least finish in the top three in voting again. Mm -hmm. And a leader in obviously some of the major categories. I think it's ridiculous. The, you know, the predictions on this guy. I don't. There is no real sign in his game that he is regressing at all. He just had his first full season last year and was absolutely one of the best pitchers in baseball, arguably the best pitcher in the American League East. I mean, if you're going to if you're yeah, going to really break it down and I mean, that's a division where pitching is almost mandatory to win ball games and win that division. Well, I mean, look no further. Alec Manoa, when he first came up with us, was an absolute stud. You could not spin it two ways. I mean, the amount of, um, you know, really not good starts compared to quality starts, it's not even close. This guy is going to give you innings. This guy is going to give you soft contact. He's going to throw nasty pitches. He's going to get some good strikeout numbers. Alec Manoa is just the kind of the quintessential ace for us right now. And I mean, he's surrounded by a lot of good guys, but he will be our opening day starter. I, I mean, he has to be at this point, you finished third and the, and uh, in, in Cy Young voting and, and, you know, you pretty much have to uh, take the bound for game one. I mean, he's going to repeat. I'm not going to go too bold and say he's going to win the Cy Young. I think spin a wheel at it. 
and he's got about a 30% chance to win it, but he's definitely finishing in the top three in Cy Young again this year, and he's going to be a big part in major categories. Going to finish with a whip. I'm not going to say sub one, but he's going to finish with a, a walks and hit per nine innings around one and have just another disgustingly good earn run average and all his numbers around that to back it up. Guy's got already great metrics and just really less than two full seasons in major league baseball. Yeah. And Alec Manoa is still super young. I think he's only 23, 24 years old too. So like, he's got that on his side too. The thing that worries me about Alec Manoa, right. And he's great. Don't get me wrong. Love Alec Manoa. He was awesome for the team all last year is that he really relies on soft contact and suppressing home runs a little bit. Now with the balls being dejuiced, you're right. Those fly balls he gives up might actually turn to outs more often than their home runs. And he could be even better. And Alec Manoa really does have the like bulldog personality. Like I'm better than you. I'm going to get you out. Like come and try to hit me. Like you can't, my stuff is so good. So there's always that too, but teams have kind of, I don't want to say you figured out Alec Manoa because you can't figure out Alec Manoa, but a lot of teams have been stacking their left-handed hitters against him. And maybe, you know, just, he doesn't get as lucky. Maybe there's a little bit more hard hit balls against him. I don't know. I think Alec Manoa is going to be very good, but he's not actually my pick to win AL Cy Young. In fact, there is a different Toronto Blue Jay pitcher on this staff that I think is going to win the AL Cy Young this year. And this one, Riley, this is the one bold prediction I have that I am the most confident in. And like Alec Manoa can't win Cy Young this year, Riley, because this guy is going to win the Cy Young award this year. And that is Kevin Gosman, Riley. And look, Let's look at last year. Kevin Gosman's first full year in Toronto. He had a 335 ERA, a 1-2-4 whip over about 174 innings pitch or so. But Riley, look under the hood at the advanced metric, metrics that Kevin Gosman was putting together. He was even better than this. His FIP, Riley, 2.38, which was second best out of all qualified pitchers in all of baseball behind only Carlos Rodon. His walks dropped to the lowest of his career. His strikeouts were pretty darn good. And we've talked about this before, right? The 363 BABIP against was the highest of all time since they kept you keeping track of this. Not only that, the Blue Jays defense behind him had a negative 10 outs above average, which is by far the worst on the team. The second worst behind him was Mitch White at negative two. So there was like a eight outs above average difference there between the defense behind Kevin Gosman and the defense behind the next best pitcher. That's going to get better as well. So the defense behind Kevin Gosman is going to get better, but wait, Riley, there's more. Well, I'm not done here. Um, there is a new real complicated metric here and it's called stuff plus, but what it does, it basically goes into how good a pitcher's stuff is. Kevin Gosman's last year was six best in the American league. So his stuff was already very good. Riley, it's gotten better this spring based on some metrics and stuff for Kevin Gosman. So Kevin Gosman's stuff has gotten even better. The defense behind him is going to be even better. Riley, he had a two, eight, three flip last year. That could be even better this year. I'm saying Kevin Gosman could have an ERA in the low twos, if not the high ones, Riley. And if that happens, Kevin Gosman is going to be our Cy Young award winner this year. And I don't really think it's going to be close. Lock this one in Riley. How about that for a hot take for you? I love the confidence right off the bat. I mean, wow. I, I At the end of the day, we just gave two cases for our guys who are going to be 1A, 1B for us. And I don't care who wins a Cy Young. If we get a pitcher who wins a Cy Young for us, I will be over the moon happy because two very different guys, two very different routes right now. One guy who started his career not very not long ago, but in a distant past, Kevin Gosman with the Orioles and didn't, you know, fare too, too well. And then Alec Manoa has been great uh, um, since this, since he, um, you know, stepped foot and towed the rubber for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, but still has gotten us to the same point. 2023, you want to talk about elite pitchers um, in, in the American League. 
I mean, look no further. We have two of them in Gosman and mm -hmm. Alec Manoa. So, I mean, um, is it a bold take or is it just digging deep and, and thinking that, yeah, like, look at the, you know, the lack of support Gosman got um, versus how how he's actually getting better. I mean, I'm on I'm on board with that, Jesse. I'm really on board with that. Let's let's keep in the let's keep in the theme of of pitching here. Just before we and move I'm on, really right, gonna to the need you. I got one more point I want to make on Kevin Gosman here. The oh. only thing I think oh. that could like maybe derail his Cy Young track here is now with like the new pitch clock rules and the pitch clock stuff coming in. He did have to modify his delivery, right? He can't do that little tap on the front of his foot while he rocks and gets set, right? And if you have to change a pitcher's delivery, maybe then. It could affect the guys. He was quoted about maybe two weeks ago now saying, hey, he's still not used to the pitch clock. This is going to be an adjustment for him. And because he was made an example out of Major League Baseball, umpires are probably going to be watching Kevin Gosman more. So he might have more box, I guess, this year. And that can be bad. If there's a runner on 30 and you balk, that's a run scored. If there's a runner on first, you balk him over to second base. Then one of those blue pits scores him. So maybe the earned run ERA is a little bit elevated because of that. But again, I, like, I don't think it's going to matter. I'm really locked in on Kevin Gosman as a Cy Young Award winner. So any thoughts on that before you get into your next one? Yeah, I mean, Jesse, it's it's if it's like I said, it's a 1A, 1B thing, man. If it's if it's not Manoa, I mean, I'd be very happy if it was Kevin Gosman and, and the other way around. I mean, stats don't lie, man. Uh, and Kevin Gosman had a great year last year. Uh, despite like he still had a great year despite his stats could have been a lot better so I really hope that um, the defense that we have added behind him you know gets him better outs above average and I mean because second best fit behind Carlos Rodon what yeah. Carlos Rodon do last year I mean fantastic stuff with the Giants so Let's see if he can get that, uh, you know, luck bestowed upon him. Because you do, there is obvious skill that goes into winning big hardware in MLB, but there's also a little bit of luck hinted behind it as well. So if he could maybe be, maybe one of the more lucky, at least in the top fifty percent of lucky pitchers, not mm -hmm. in the bottom one percent for luck pitchers, because I feel like those numbers will be fairly accurate as far as Kevin Gosman goes. But yeah, be very happy with 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 both of them. We saw. You know, a couple of years ago that it was uh, Vlad Jr. first in, in AL voting and then another teammate of his, Marcus Semien, finishing third. So maybe something like that for yeah, the Cy Young, love Jesse, that, would love be that, extraordinarily cool. What Jesse and I know, I, I mean, we'll see. I mean, hey, um, we, we know a little bit, maybe not enough to Nostradamus it and predict the future, but Jesse... I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on the uh, topic yes. of pitching. Go with it. What you got? And this one might sit a little bit worse. Worse. This might be. This might you know take a minute. So when I hit this on your palate, just kind of just sit there and digest it a little bit. We've talked about our two biggest guys. One of them gonna be our opening day starter. Let's talk about last year's opening day starter for a second, Jesse. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not about to say something ridiculous that I will regret. <laughs> Let's be realistic here. <laughs> Um, I love Jose Brios. I was super happy when he appeared on this ball club, man. Um, but with a plus five earned run average and a whip of 1.42, I believe it was, um, mm -hmm. it, it just, those are unacceptable numbers. His career, um, his career numbers with Minnesota much better. He hasn't like by far his worst year, 
in the major league since his sample size rookie campaign or part rookie campaign. I don't know if um, if seven or eight, uh, 14, 14 games start. So, yeah, he had a rookie campaign, but it's basically his worst season. Jesse his worst full season. Yep, and I'm going to predict this year, Jesse. Around his around, you want to average his numbers out. I'm going to say that he finishes around oh, um, uh, four one five earn run average and a one two seven whip. I don't know the wins and losses. He's going to walk a lot less batters. He's going to have more than I mean 160 strikeouts. I think last year was really low despite a couple games, and I mean. Wins losses, I think probably around 12 and 7 again. Um, let's probably not lead the league in home runs given up. Yeah, Listen, that sounds bad, right? <laughs> he's not going to be as bad. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was one of the worst, if not the worst, qualified starter in all of baseball last year. I mean, there was Josiah Gray, I think, was pretty bad. Jose Barrios right up there, too. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say he's going to finish with a, with a rip, uh, uh, whip around uh, 1.27. And I earn run average around 420. I don't think that's asking for too much. I don't know what the numbers say to back that up coming into this year, but I don't think I'm too, too far off uh, because there's no way he's going to put up a five earn run average because just baseball gods don't allow it, Jesse. Mm. I see you give me those smirks, mm. man. I don't Let's know, get man. something from Jose Barrios this year, man. Let's get, we need him. And our four spot, we need to get pumped up about him. We need to, you know, live a little bit here. One year, yes, it was bad. But we got to kind of get in this corner, support this guy. Riley, man, there are two things you could say about this. One, you could say like, well, you think he's going to pitch to his career line. How was that bold, right? But coming off the season he just had, I'd say that's pretty bold, Riley. And, you know, we talked a lot about Jose Brios on our last episode, right? Because he was the Blue Jays' single biggest X factor for how well he's going to perform this season. Um, So I don't want to get into it too, too much here, but... I will say, looking back at that WBC start he just had against uh, Venezuela, like he was throwing get me over curveballs for first pitches. He was attacking um, right handed hitters inside. That's something Brios didn't do a lot of last year. So I don't know if that's just Yadi and Molina and company telling Brios how he wants to do, or if that was Pete Walker and company telling Brios what to do. I don't know. I think they got in his head, and that's not what they have in mind for Jose Brios while he's pitching with the Blue Jays this summer. So I'm kind of throwing out that WBC start more and more. But Riley, like if Brios is going to get to the guy where he is like with these numbers, you said he's going to put up, he's got to locate those pitches better. He has to, he can't be leaving fastballs right over the middle of the plate. Like his stuff is good. Riley, he threw the single individualist nastiest pitch last year. So we know it's there. He had two 14 strikeout games. Like the good Jose Brios is still in there somewhere. It's just how in the world do we get it out? And I personally, man, I think I'm losing faith. I, I don't know until we see it, man. I, I really have a hard time believing he's going to be able to come back at least all the way back to the guy that he was, but I'm glad that you have more faith here and I will be, I will pleasantly eat this L if uh, he does come back to be in that guy. I, I, I would be lying if I said I bought a whole lot of stock on Jose Brios before saying this comment, if he could just be his career average, would be absolutely fantastic. And for asking that out of a four four guy that we're paying $20 million to, yeah. lying yeah, if I said he did not have his work cut out from him. He dies, man. But since last year, it is only going to go up for him, Jesse. I like Good. I will eat, I will, I will live by that and die by that as far as as far as this year goes, man. I mean, if I if I re- look back at this at, at a later date. 
and look like an idiot, then I would be very <laughs> surprised. But I, I sincerely do not think that he is going to put up those numbers like he did last year, man. I think it's going to be – I'm not going to say it. Compared to last year, it's going to be a much better year, um, but a more career average year for Jose Barrios, man. That's what we want. That's what we need, and that's what's going to happen. That's my bold prediction. It's crazy to say bold prediction, but that's what we're going to get out of Barrios. Riley, I hope so. I, we want to manifest that positive energy out there. Let's make it happen. Let's get good things for Jose Brios this year. And I guess if we're talking about one pitcher who struggled last, last year, we should probably talk about another pitcher who struggled last year. And that's my guy, Jersey on the Wall, Yusei Kikuchi Riley. And my bold prediction, Yusei Kikuchi will lead the American League in strikeouts per nine innings. So K per nine. And Riley, I want to start this by saying I will never quit. You say Kikuchi, just full stop, full period right there. And here's my reasoning behind this bold prediction is his strikeouts actually took a step forward in 2022. Well, everything else around you say Kikuchi fell apart, right? So his 11.09 K per nine was in the top 50 in all of baseball last year. And the main reason I think that number can increase and go up is because his changeup, Riley, had a 42.9% K percentage last year, and he only used it 13% of the time in 2022. So if that number increases, which it has so far this spring, and he uses that is a more strikeout pitch, he can be a more strikeout pitcher. Plus, Riley, if the Jays are only going to limit Yusei Kikuchi's uh, outings to go maybe two times through the order, he's only ever going to go four innings, five innings at a time, and he can rack up seven through nine Ks pretty easily in those four or five innings. So I think that math equation kind of adds up. So Yusei Kikuchi can do really good in K per nine. So that's what I believe for Yusei Kikuchi. Let's do it. Let's have your bounce back season. I want to see Kikuchi jerseys more than just mine all over the Rogers Center this season. I can't wait. Let's get the hype going for Yusei Kikuchi and be a stable force for this pitching rotation. He is. He has suffered the same fate as Barrios, and I will buy. I will buy into that a ton, Jesse, because it, things can only really go up. Realistically, things can only really go up. Um, he's got a new, probably going to have a brand new pitch kind of selection. The way he attacks batters, maybe Seems not like brand it, yep. new, but a refined one. Um, that that going along with a brand new beard i yes. think it's going to be very helpful Absolutely. as well so we'll see if the we'll see if the the beard you know does anything for jose or sorry for yusei kikuchi um yusei kikuchi as a guy who's going to strike a lot of guys out if you were to say that you know hey his trends do not lie on the strikeout and as far as if he is a guy which we both believe in that he's not a guy who's going to go the distance in a ball game he's going to be hit around Way too often at a, at a at a point in the ball game, it's just it's just gonna happen. I mean, maybe a couple times, a couple games this year, you know, he really gets a grip and goes goes deep into the game. But for the most part, two times through the order, we agree on that, Jesse. Um, you're gonna so you basically you're gonna have you know limited innings and you know a handful of strikeouts. You put that into a K per nine, and I mean it can be something ridiculous like. 13, 14 Ks per nine, depending yeah. on the start against Jesse. So, yeah. I mean, it's 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 really it's happened before. Um, and I, if he goes every five, if he goes every uh, five starts, and you know does the same thing, and we see different relievers, I mean, he's basically going to get if he, by the end of the year, you know, nowhere near two hundred innings, maybe one hundred forty-five to one hundred fifty-five innings pitched. I mean, in the strikeouts, probably even less innings than that, to be honest with you. But he's going to have a lot of he's going to have a lot of strikeouts mm -hmm. in those innings pitched. And if it results into a, you know, I'm I'm with you, man. Twelve or twelve or thirteen strikeouts per nine would be just beautiful. 
Cole, man, should be very close to the top of baseball. Really, of course, league dependent. But among starting pitchers, relief pitchers can be wacky sometimes. I mean, you can see guy with 16 Ks per nine, depending on the year they have. But for qualified starters, we see that at a Kikuchi, then something very right has happened. Riley, I think we're on a roll here. We got six bold predictions down. We got four more to go, plus some honorable mentions. I'm feeling good. What are you guys feeling at home? You like these ones? You hate them? What are some of your bold predictions? Drop them down below, Riley. But we're over the halfway point now. Give me another one. We got them coming hot and heavy here. Give us another bold prediction. Uh, not even hot. Let's just follow a trend, man. I mean, I I always say this, you know, baseball gods, laws, and averages. I preach this crap, man. But yes. let's talk about how let's talk about how that actually is backed up. And this is a case where I'm gonna refer to Bo Bichette. Okay. The yeah. way he finished this ball season this year for the Blue Jays, I mean, he had very cold months of the year and then finished the year on a real hot note. Uh, Bo Bichette leads the American League as a shortstop for hits for the third consecutive shortstop. Love that. Let's go. Can Let's you hear go. me? I can hear you now. Let's keep going. Oh, beautiful. Okay. I'm Listen, man. I am well into knowing Bo Bichette's strengths and weaknesses on the ball that I'm in. And one of those, man, is, is just attacking pitches, man. And if Bo Bichette can do that again, I mean, not only is he could he lead the American League in hits. Here's my real hot take, Jesse. I mean, he's floated around 198, 191 hits. Mm -hmm. I think that he can hit the 200 mark this year. I think that's good enough to lead Major League Baseball. And 200 hits in a season looks fantastic. I think that Mr. Bobachet's going to do that. I don't know what – I mean, there's going to be a ton of, what, extra base hits attached to that. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw last year he – he, I mean, he had a monster year for, as far as the extra – base hits but only 24 home runs is he going to be a guy that hits 30 home runs not part of my bold take just a thought i mean if he has 200 hits how many of those are home runs how many of those are extra base hits but that's my bold take really is that bull bichette is going to walk in to next year kind of maybe hit the ground running or do bull bichette things and you know lead the american league in hits third year in a row and accumulate 200 or more, I'm going to say right around 200, 200 hits. Yeah, Riley, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I want to throw a percent chance out there. If I told you Bobochet has a blank percent chance of winning AL MVP, what number would you put that at? I would say probably a 5% chance in all honesty. That's pretty good. I'd say honest, 5%. Right? Yeah, I, I like. Yeah, there's a lot of things. So I think five percent are better than a lot of other players in the league. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say this isn't one of my official bold predictions, Riley. But could you see a world where it all comes together for Bo Bichette? Like he starts pulling the fastball, he's able to really be a true all fields approach player. He's able to get that power. Maybe he gets to about thirty home runs, and maybe the defense takes a step better. Maybe the sprint speed steps up. Like. There is a non-zero chance Riley Bobichet puts up an eight-war season, and if that happens, Riley, he's going to be up there for MVP. And I know we've said it on our last episode, and we said it before. It just feels like Bobichet is so close to becoming that full breakout pure hitter. And if he's the guy that we had in the months of September last year all season, then yeah, Bobichet could be that guy. He's going to easily clear the two hundred plus hits. He's just going to stay healthy and on the field, and he could really be a monster this season to help carry the Blue Jays. I kind of like that bold call. I of course I like it too. I I've been feasting on that almost all winter long. I'm gonna go back for a second and say Jesse that 
uh, you're right. A lot of things have to click for an MVP. And who knows if we're still if we're still airing here in the next four or five years. I mean, we're we're close, man. Bo's going to refine his game. He is only going to get better in a lot of facets of the game. We'll one day be talking about, you know, uh, Bo Bichette receiving MVP bo- votes, um, and then not just a third place somewhere. I mean, there's he's going to he there's more to his career um, that meets the eye for right now. But for right now, let's just talk small scale stuff like 200 hits or something. I mean, yeah. I don't know, but he's that he's yeah he's gonna have a monster year, dude. Again, I don't know how many home runs if he hit 30. Home runs, man, that would be pretty big. And who knows with the with the stolen bases? I know he did take a step back, only thirteen steals, but let's see what happens. I got Boba shut down for two hundred hits, though, Jesse. Love I mean, it. if Lock he does in. that, if he does that, it will be it will be fantastic. What do you got for me, Jesse? What I, do you got, got for me? Two more official takes, and Riley, I'm going to let you decide where I want to go. Do you want to go with a guy currently on the big league roster, or do you want to go with an up and coming Blue Jay? Which one do you want to hear next? So we'll set this up for you. We'll start on our major league roster okay. right now, yeah. and then and then we'll hit then we'll hit the, the 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 future later. All right. So this is a guy we haven't talked about much on our last few episodes, but could be a very key factor into the Toronto Blue Jays. And this one is about Brandon Belt, Riley. And off the top of your head, can you name some of the best Blue Jays left-handed hitters in team history? Just give me um, two or three. Oh well, for uh, I'll give you two right off the bat. Yeah. All rude. And Delgado. Yeah, Delgado was the big one who's the big power things. And my bold prediction here, Riley, is Brandon Belt will finish top three in home runs by a left-handed hitter in Blue Jays history. Now, Carlos Delgado hit like 38 home runs five plus times. So I'm only counting Delgado as one name on this spot. So I am kind of cheating a little bit here. But the other names on this list by a left-handed hitter to hit home runs, Delgado hit 44 at his most in 1999. Sean Green hit 42. In 1999 as well. Fred McGriff is third. He hit 36 in 1989. Adam Lind hit 35 in 2009. And Brad Fulmer, who I didn't even know who he was, hit 32 home runs in the year 2000. So I'd say Brandon Belt can probably get into the, at least that top five at minimum. I'm going to bet he could probably surpass Fred McGriff at 36. And if everything goes well with Brandon Belt, you know, with the shift restrictions, with the new dimensions at Rogers Center, maybe he's just recovered from his hip injury, you know, and he's, um, he's back to like the 2020, 2021 Brandon belt, then this could all go together. The only way this is going to happen though, Riley is Brandon belt needs to prove he can hit the fastball well, and that he can hit left-handed pitchers. Well, so I looked it up to thought, Oh, is this one of those things where the teams are just going to throw lefties at him? But Brandon belts actually hit pretty well against lefties in his career. He's a 243 hitter, a 109 WRC plus against left-handed pitching. So all he has to do is hit that line against lefties for the season. And Brandon belt could be in the lineup every day. And he has the potential to mash, to find his way on this list at some point by season's end. What are your thoughts on that? one? I got a lot of thoughts. First thing to address. How dare you disrespect longtime Expos first baseman Brad Fulmer? Yes. <laughs> like that. I, one of one of the most average first basemen in the late 90s, uh, Brad Fulmer. There's a name I haven't heard in a while, probably since playing MVP baseball 2005. Sure, yeah. Now, another. Uh, let's go right into it, man. Let's talk about just what, what baseball has been for 100 plus years, and that's the shape of a baseball diamond. It's so different. You go to San Francisco Bay. Look at the right field out there. We're even moving it in here in Toronto. Let's see what Brandon Belt does. Listen, I really hope this guy gets his at-bats with us because I think he's going to be fantastic. And he's gotten – the last two years, he's done pretty good. Since COVID has kind of 
been good to this guy. I mean, since that, really put up good numbers at the dish. I think that he's going to be a very effective guy. It sucks. I wish we could bat 11 guys in the lineup to have belt in every single day. We'll see kind of what we do with guys like Danny Jansen and Vlad having a day off from first base, mm-hmm. probably see belt in. I imagine Vlad, going to be playing a lot defensively, but belt still going to get in at first base defensively. Obviously at some point this year, um, listen, I will buy that. <clears throat> it's very tough. It's dude. It's very tough he, for him to put up 30 plus single day player. But if he starts off the year hot with us and he's, and he's doing well, it shows that he can be in the lineup. I mean, he could very well be an everyday player. I know Danny Jansen hits prop right-handers probably better than left-handers for the most part. So if belt shows that he can, you know, out, Dual Jansen, I guess, for the DH spot. Jansen might be just kind of being our backup catcher this year and seeing Belt play a lot of DH this year. They're being, you know, more right-handed pitchers than left-handed pitchers. I love it, man. That's why it's a bold take. I would have mm-hmm. never thought mm-hmm. that those words would come out of your mouth on this episode that Brandon Belt would have the third most uh, in a, as a Blue Jay. As you know, he's probably not going to hit 40 this year, Jesse. But... Let's 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 look at a let's look at a thirty plus number and roll with it, man. I'll humor you on that. I might not buy any stock. It's a tough I'll one. Be the first, I'll admit. I'll be the first to pat you on the back if you get even relatively close to it, man. I absolutely love it. Belt's going to be a great addition to this team. He already is with the leadership skills and the, just the winning mindset because we want to be a winning ball club this year. How do you surround you know a team that's trying to win? Well, bring winners in, and we did with Brandon Belt. Mm-hmm. Jesse, I love it. I want him to be successful in Toronto, man. So, yeah, love it, Jesse. Love the fact that we're bringing in a guy and a bold prediction on Brandon Belt, who I hope gets into the lineup more often than not this year. All right, Riley, we each got one more to go. Let's hit us with your last bold prediction for the Toronto Blue Jays this season. Jesse, let's go to the outfield. Haven't talked much about outfielders. There's a new kid in town. We paid a pretty decent price to get this guy. And it really seemed at the time that we were missing Gabriel Moreno, you know, was it really a good move? And then we saw you and I kind of viewed Twitter and Arizona fans weren't really happy because they know (laughs) that Dalton Barshow is one hell of a ball player. They're Arizona. The D-backs are in rebuild mode. So maybe Barshow on that club right now isn't the best thing. Guy's still extremely young. Yeah, Great great left-handed bat, a power hitter at bat, can run the bases really well, has elite defense. Let me just put it this way. I think, you know, when when you think of guys who can hit home runs and run the bases, obviously, um, like Alfonso Soriano for me is a guy that comes up. He he's a had a 40-40 year. Mm-hmm. Uh, A-Rod, I think, I don't know if Barry Bonds did or someone. Listen, 40-40 is hard to do. The new 40-40 is 30-30. I'm going to say that Dalton Varsho has a 30-30 year, 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases. I believe that Dalton Varsho can do that. Now, for that to happen, obviously, he's going to have to get on base more to have stolen base attempts. Mm -hmm. He did did record almost 20 steals last year. Just I don't have the number directly right in front of me, but he can steal bases. We know that he's fast. The bases are now just slightly bigger. Let's kind of go off that and say, 
Well, the bases are bigger, so let's move the walls in. He hit 27 home runs last year, and I believe if you can hit 27 home runs, Jesse, you can hit 30 home runs. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to a Rogers Center that's just a slight smaller. And, like, yeah, I think 30 home runs for him is easy. I think it's the steals that are going to be harder. Maybe I go 25, 25 steals, 30 home runs, but I'm going to call it 30-30. Still very hard to do. That's my highest bar for him. And if he can achieve that, it just looks good. I'm a counting stats kind of guy, Jesse. Yeah. I know your, your, your intellectual mind knows all these crazy things I've never even heard of most of the time. <laughs> I like what I could read on a baseball cards and home runs and steals are two of those numbers that look really damn good for me. That tells me you can hit the ball far and hard. And you can run really fast. And I like those as a baseball player, Jesse. I like those as a baseball fan. Man, that's exciting for me. Home runs are exciting. Stolen bases are exciting. Dalton Varsho is going to be an exciting player for this Blue Jays team. 30 home runs, 30 steals. Don't lock it in just yet because maybe he only gets 25 steals. But lock in the 30 home runs for sure, Jesse. And buy it yourself. You want to buy a Kikuchi jersey? That's great. I believe, Jesse, that we're going to see a lot of Dalton Varsho jerseys by Ooh, June in that. the Rogers Center, man. Guys are going to love them in Toronto. I actually think that 30 stolen base number, Riley, might be more likely than you think because with um, some rules about like banning the shifts or the disengagements that pitchers can make off of the mound, well, they can only like pick over or once or twice too. And with the bigger bases, meaning there's shorter distance between bags. So stolen bases might be up like stolen base attempts and stuff has been up across spring training so far. And think about where Dalton Barsho is going to hit in this lineup. He's probably going to be in the six or seven hole, right? And who are the guys that are going to be hitting behind him? It's going to be guys like Whit Merrifield, Kevin Kiermaier, a Santiago Espinal or a Kevin Biggio. It's going to be like that type of hitter. And those are going to be the type of guys at the bottom of this Blue Jays order where maybe John Schneider tries to force the action, maybe do a little hit and running or stuff with a speedy guy like Dalton Varsho on base. So maybe because of that alone and where he's hitting in the order, he might be in motion more often than we think. So I think there is a real possibility that he can get to that 30 stolen base bag and the rest just comes down to his power, right? And in theory, he has a pole heavy approach, shorter fences and everything. The power should be there as well. We talked a lot about Dalton Varsho in our last episode and how where the slumps and the faults might lie, but this is the upside for Varsho and there's a very realistic situation where 30-30 is quite possible. I think I like this bold prediction, Riley. One of my favorites that you just gave. Oh, lovely. Well, hey, man, like we did give up a big price for this guy. Love that he's a lefty bat. Um, he's going to fit in well in this batting order. Really, for those stolen base attempts to happen, though, he's going to have to get on base. I really think the shift ban is going to help him to an extent. It's not going to make him a 270 hitter, but it's going to make him a 250 hitter at parts and at times jesse and i think that's important when we're talking about a speed power combination you have to have a little bit of on base for that speed to work on the base pass the ability to get on base or else speed is only really on the defensive side of the ball which, which is still very important yes. <laughs> i mean hey if we got a 220 year out of Varsho and his defense we're still gonna have a two war season out mm -hmm. of him just on yep. his defense alone so whatever but hey there is a lot of untapped potential. He is really limited in his time in the MLB right now. He's a very new player. He's a very fresh player. He's on a new team. And he's going to emerge uh, with the Blue Jays. And it's kind of it's kind of the right spot to do it for the offensive side of the ball and at the right time. 
with the the you know the rule changes and everything like that it's a, it he's he's go, he's going to be someone who really benefits from these rule changes Jesse in playing in this ballpark at this time a lot of things going right the potential for things to go right this year for Dalton Varsho love it Riley my last bold prediction we kind of teased it a little is going to be a young guy another guy with I guess you could say untapped potential and that is Addison Barger Riley and he has really impressed me so far this spring and my bold prediction Riley he will be a monster this rookie season. He will finish top five in AL Rookie of the Year voting this year. And Riley, man, it basically all comes down to how impressed I've been with Addison Barger so far this spring. Guy looks jacked, first of all. He's ready to go. Like, he looks, like, determined. The work ethic is there. He's ready to go. He hit 308, Riley, with 26 home runs and a 933 OPS across three stops in the minor leagues last year. And we mentioned last episode, Riley, that he was a perfect 22 for 22 at swinging and making contact on pitches within the strike zone before he finally missed one. Plus, the spring training stat line before the games today, he had 313 and 840 OPS plus. And I know as of right now, as we look at the roster, right, the Blue Jays roster does seem pretty set. He might make the team as like the 26th guy, but like his chance for playing time doesn't seem so high. But like stuff like this always work out. If Addison Barger shows that he could hit, he's going to be in the lineup full time before long. And who knows, Riley, the Jays haven't really had, I guess, a good rookie come up and take the team by storm and quite a few years now, honestly, off the top of my head. I can't, I guess since Alec Manoa's rookie year, I guess, but on the position player side, I, nothing's really coming to mind off the top of my head. So if he continues to hit like he's done in the minors, the Jays are just going to find his way to get Addison Barger into the lineup. And I think he could excel once he does so. So any thought on that? My last bold prediction. A guy who has, a guy who has really, uh, you know, impressed a lot of people, early on in spring training and still very much has a good chance to make this team. I mean, not all said and done. I wouldn't, I also wouldn't be too upset if he got sent down because he, he is going to play major league baseball this year. Yes. I don't think there's a question around it. He's going to play. He is ready. He's got a real heavy swing. He's another lefty bat. He can ha- he can be versatile in the infield. I mean, as to where, where he's going to get the most playing time, I don't really know. Also, don't know if he's going to make it because of the plethora of, if you want to move Biggio to just be a first base corner outfielder, I don't know. He doesn't really fit too much anyways, but make room for this guy because Addison Barger, is going to be a future Blue Jay. He's a guy that I hope that we control for a long time and that we use appropriately because he could be a really effective player. And yeah, top five in MVP or sorry, top five in rookie of the year voting, Jesse. Don't I I, I mean, I don't want to say that it could be better because it really could be. It depends on how much sure, playing time possible. this guy yeah. gets. I mean, if he the more playing time he gets. I really hope something didn't go wrong, but he's obviously been would have to be playing really, really well. But uh, he has a really good chance. Uh, even in, and if he doesn't achieve those numbers this year with the club, then next year, lock him in for a top three in MVP or sorry for, MVP. for oh, rookie man. of the year voting. <laughs> the, not there. Hey, we're not there yet. We got to get into rookie yes. of the year first. Rookie, if he if he's not in the top five this year because he didn't qualify or whatever, then put him in the top three for me. I'll buy stock on that for next year in the top three. I'm just questioning how much playing time he's actually going to get. He's going to get a lot, but he might overplay his rookie status and, and just not make the cusp on, on certain stats. 
Yep. So those are it, guys. Those are our top 10 bold predictions for the Toronto Blue Jays season, guys. Let us know which ones you like, which ones you don't like. If you have any of your own that we've missed, please leave a comment down below. Tell us what you think. We will engage with you on that. This one's always a fun episode, Riley. Were there three or four, I guess, did you have like an honorable mention you wanted to mention that we didn't get officially as one of our bold predictions? Okay. We talked a lot about players. Let's mm-hmm. talk team this year. I'm not going to yes. throw at that we're going to, you know, World Series banner. We haven't had one. This will be coming into 30 years now. Geez, old as you, Jesse. That's a long time. <laughs> I'm an old man, Riley. Um, let's let's talk. Let's talk realistically for a second, and then we'll address it as the year goes on to our expectations. I think that we can. I think that we can win this division with 95 wins. I agree. Yep, with you. I, I think that's. I think 95 wins is good enough to win this division. I think the Yankees are going to be damn close, and I think that I think that the Orioles put up a damn good fight. I think it's good for fourth. The Red Sox finish fifth, and Tampa, as per usual, is that third place club for the American League East. I think our team, as of right now. I'm not going to say the result of the series, but I say we're good enough to get to the championship series in the American League. And I will decide as the season goes on kind of where we stand with that. But right now we're an ALCS team. We're an, we're an AL, we're a division series contender with the guys that we have the pitching and the hitting. I'm going to say that we make it to the championship series. That's my, not really my bold take. That's my expectation. My bold take would be Jesse. I'll take it from you. What you said last year, but we actually win the world series, man. It's been 30 years, right? It would be very poetic for us to win at 30 year reunion. It's a long time. You were just, I mean, you didn't even know what anything was, and I still hadn't been born yet. So Mm -hmm. I have yet to witness this event in my lifetime. Jesse would love to see it. Um, Yeah, that would be the boldest prediction you can really get. The other ones just being that my my other one would have been something like, um, you know, if Manoa or Gosman finish as high as they do in Cy Young. What do they get for MVP votes? Things like yeah, that. Sure. Could we have another two guys in the top three, Vladdy and then Gosman or Vladdy and Manoa, things like that. Because we do have a lot of guys with upside. Um, just a couple notes on your thought, Jesse. First time in a long time, I didn't hear the, the name Nate Pearson. Oh, pop it's up. coming. Was... Don't worry. All right, Jesse. Well, then I will stop right now and I will let you move on with this episode, Jesse. I had the exact same thought. No way our hardcore fans will let us get through a bold predictions episode without mentioning Nate Pearson. So in my honorable mentions here, I was going to say Nate Pearson will be one of our top three relievers on our depth chart going into the playoffs this year. So I didn't forget about that. And then some other ones I had were Boba Shett could be an eight plus war player. I kind of already mentioned that when you were talking about Boba Shett. and then two other ones, one I thought was a fun one. Danny Jansen wins the home run derby this year. I have no proof or no numbers to back that up. I just thought, Hey, that could happen. Danny Jansen has a good power year. He was a good power hitter. Throw him in the home run derby, see what happens. And then my last one, I kind of want to mention Riley Shohei Otani. He's a free agent at the end of the year. If the angels struggle again, which they always could do. They'd be dumb to not try to trade Shohei Otani and get a haul for him. We know the Jays have had interest in the past. So just keep an eye on that. I mentioned that at last year's trade deadline. I mentioned that this offseason that the Jays have had interest in Shohei Otani. So just keep that in mind because that's going to be the big talking point when we get to the trade deadline this year is where is Shohei Otani going to go? And maybe he ends up in Toronto. So those are like kind of my, we're not going to actually count them towards, towards our uh, bold prediction score when we recap this at the end of the season. But I just wanted to throw those out there just in case they do happen. 
That's fair. Well, I want to throw one more bonus one out because I don't know how I missed this one. I remembered. I'm just running in my head, making sure my checklist is fine. One name I forgot to mention who I think is going to be effective, not now. But when he returns, I think Chad Green is going to be a very good, good relief pitcher good for us one. when he yeah. returns. I think that I, I'm not going to say he takes over the setup spot from Eric Swanson because I think Eric Swanson is going to be fantastic. But I think that Chad Green is going to be absolutely just instrumental for us in ball games. I mean, our bullpen looks completely different. Our back end of our bullpen with Swanson and, and Chad Green. Bravo, Blue Jays front office for making that happen. Makes me feel really good. It sucks that we don't get Chad Green, you know, for a couple more months or whatever it ends up being. But, hey, I'll be patient because our bullpen looks good now. But when we add Chad Green, that's going to be another great piece for us, man. I guess that will conclude my takes. I just wanted to throw the Chad Green one in there um, because, you know, there are some guys I could have said Hunjin Ryu. I yep. don't have anything on him personally. I don't either. But, hey. I don't think he's going to be that uh, good, to like, be honest. I mean, we there's, we've set up. Bold predictions, a lot are more bold than others. Mm -hmm. It's true. All right, moving on to just some news and notes here before we get to the end of the episode here. Just some takeaways, I guess, from Blue Jays spring training camp because it has been another week since we talked about this. The first one I noticed, Riley, is Bowden Francis is actually throwing significantly harder this spring, and he actually has kind of dipped the two-seamer and has started throwing more of a straight four-seamer. He only threw four four-seam fastballs all of last year, and in his most recent spring training outing, he threw 17, Riley. Velocity was up to 94 miles per hour and touching as high as 96, which was higher than the 92 miles per hour he averaged last year. Something interesting from the soon-to-be 27-year-old. He's going to start the year in Buffalo, but hey, Jays need pitching depth, and if Bowden Francis looks like he's just gotten better, that could be a good thing, Riley. And then some injury updates here. Otto Lopez is dealing with left groin soreness. Drew Hutchison is dealing with left oblique soreness. MRI revealed no structural damage. Ricky Tiedemann threw a side session, and we're still waiting to see how things go before figuring out his next steps. To me, Riley, this Ricky Tiedemann thing just seems like top prospect, getting a lot of buzz, wants to go. I'm sure it's a real injury. I'm sure he mentioned it something, but you always seem to see this. You saw this with Vlad in his big spring. You saw this with Alec Manoa towards the end of his spring training season, just there always seems to be some type of injury towards the end of spring, so we shut down the, hey, this guy should be on the opening day camp thing. And uh, Mitch White threw a live bullpen session as well, and they're still still trying to figure out whether to get him into a spring training game or if he's just going to throw simulated games or not, but Mitch White seems to be ramping up. So between Bowden Francis, Lopez, Hutchison, Tiedem, and Mitch White, any thoughts on those? No, I think it's pretty self-explanatory at this point as to where the roles are really going to be as far as the usage of, of Mitch White. Um, is he even going to really be on our roster uh, come opening day? Um, not really sure. Bowden Francis obviously going to AAA, and it sounds, you know, Tiedemann going to start the year um, not on our major league club, but very well could be at some point in the near future. Mm -hmm. Don't really want to put a number on it. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot. Hey, man, we talked about a lot about pitchers on this episode, and we are, I would say, we are deeper than we think. As far okay. as pitchers Good. go, Jesse, yeah. I, I, I mean, I know that the, I know that the three Barrios, Kikuchi, and Mitch White did not throw that well last year, but if if two of them are working, then that's a win. If two of them are league average or are comp to the, their own statistics um, in the past, and I am totally good with that, man. Um, and yeah, if Bowden. Francis is a guy who's improving. He, um, he is a guy who's, you know, just recently been added to the 40 man or whatever, 27 years old, a guy who's going to pitch in Buffalo. But if he does well, he could very well be a replacement level guy. Um, 
whenever we may need him, hopefully not, though, obviously, Jesse. So just good takeaways there. Absolutely. Three more names joining them in spring training. Adrian Hernandez, Casey Lawrence, and infielder Rainier Nunez was also sent down. None of them will be making the team opening day. And one more point, Riley. Uh, Danny Jansen this spring has hit five for 29 with only two extra base hits. Scale of one to 10, how concerned are you about Danny Jansen's spring training line? A zero, Jesse. Yeah, I am that's not the right concerned yep. at, at this point with spring training and Danny Jansen. Um, let's uh, let's wait and see what happens. He could start the year off with those numbers in Jesse. If he if his first 30 at bats went that way, I would not be that concerned. 30 at bats into the season for Danny Jansen really Good. wouldn't. And it's spring training. So I'm even less concerned. Yeah, perfect. That was the right answer. I was testing you, Riley. You passed with flying colors. Spring training stats mean nothing, Obviously. especially this from Danny Obviously. Jansen. Um, that'll do it for episode here today, guys. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, what are you guys at home? What is your bold prediction for the 2023 season? Do you agree with something we said? Or do you think Riley and I are insane? Because you wouldn't be completely wrong there. Drop a comment down below. We'll reply with you. Remember to like this video, too, on your way out. Subscribe to the channel. And, hey, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Please do that. We're hoping to get to 1,000 subscribers by season's end. And we are gaining momentum here. And we are hoping for a big thing from our Toronto Blue Jays season here. So you can be part along with us along the way. Riley, we're 11 more days and one more season preview episode until opening day. We're so, so close, Riley. Do you have anything else you want to add before we get out of here today? Uh, let's finish watching the World Baseball Classic because yes. it's been a damn good one. Um, uh, just an off note there. We both tweeted separately on our separate accounts how electric the Trey Turner Grand oh, Slam wasn't that was. awesome? If you haven't seen the highlights for that, I don't. Re we don't really promote anything, but I like to promote baseball itself, and it's one of the better moments. Um, it just in baseball when you hit a go-ahead Grand Slam, so good on that. Um, and for the guys that are playing in the World ba Baseball Classic, it's Jays, and for the Jays in spring training. Keep it healthy. Be safe. We even if you're not on the opening day roster. We, you should start your season healthy. It's only going to – you want you want to – obviously, the goal for them, get up to the major leagues. No better way to do it than to start off healthy. And for our major league guys, play between the lines. Be healthy. We need yeah, you. That's I it, mean, right? We, 11 days, Jesse. Let's go. We got a lot – we got a long season ahead of us and a lot of good things coming, man. It's so close. I can almost taste it. I am ready for Blue Jays baseball, and I can't wait to be at the Dome so far this summer. Guys, that'll be it. We'll see you again next week for our official 2023 Toronto Blue Jays season preview. Thanks, guys.